This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pentecostal Periodical Magazine, a 501c3 ministry with writers who believe and live apostolic doctrine. A few writers include Kelly Nix, Scott Phillips, Samantha Thrash, Neil Purcell, Larry Chocklin, Jeff Arnold, and more. You can subscribe at www.pentecostalperiodical.com. If you would like to join our writing team or would like to make a donation, email us at info at pentecostalperiodical.com. Today, we have a very special guest with us, my friend, uh, Pastor Charles Rodas, author, uh, newly uh, dubbing himself as a podcaster, um, just joined us in the podcasting world, uh, and he's got a tremendous uh, podcast that I highly recommend you check out. He's got numerous books, goodness, I think, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Eight, eight, eight or nine books now. Eight, working on the ninth one to be released soon. Uh, so, so he's gonna have nine books out. Um, most of them are, are very modest reads. You could probably read it in a day. I recommend digesting all of the information and uh, taking notes and, and all that. But uh, this particular episode, I just wanted to sh- him to share with us. Uh, his his one of his more recent uh, books that he released, the argument for holiness. Uh, but first, uh, brother Rodis, just introduce yourself. Tell our listeners a bit about you, your ministry, and where you are right now. Well, brother Crooker, thank you so much for inviting me on. It's it's of course a complete honor to be on with you, and I know your podcast is doing tremendous and it's growing uh, leaps and bounds, and I'm excited to hear that and. Um, well, I've been in the ministry since 1985. I've had the Holy Ghost since 1980, so for more than four decades, uh, we have uh, been walking with God, <clears throat> and um, we are currently, uh, we felt led several months ago to uh, join a new ministry in Harvey, Illinois, and uh, that's with uh, uh, the, the Pentecostal Church. And uh, we're so glad to be part of that. And, uh, yeah, so uh, we're here with you tonight. And uh, hopefully we can uh, make this intriguing for your audience. Absolutely. Uh, we had quite a few people that, that liked our first um, our first episode um, about your book on prayer. And uh, got a lot of response, a lot of people um we're commenting, uh, emailing, uh, sending messages, and about you know the impact that that particular session or episode had on, on their lives. And they actually, to be honest, I think that was one of the first episodes that really started sort of the growth of this of, of apostolic theory. So, um, all to God be all the glory. Um, Amen. So, argument for holiness. Argument for holiness. Um, what 
what inspired you uh, to, to write this particular particular book? Well, I think a lot of spiritual frustration. <laughs> um, frustration at seeing God's people in some cases, not not all the not all the time, but in some cases, seeing God's people being misdirected, misguided, uninformed on how to live. <clears throat> um, there was a man in a church. Uh, he's been serving God many years, and he made this statement that he had not heard his pastor preach on the subject of holiness for more than twenty years. Now, I view holiness as serious as the new birth. The Bible says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. It's one thing to get born again. It's another thing to live right and righteous and holy before the Lord. Listen, we all make mistakes. It's not about I'm perfect, you're not. You know, God determines what perfection is. And I think his definition of perfection is a lot different than ours. You know, we, we say sometimes, well, no one's perfect. In our eyes, that's true. But when you look at Job, God told the devil, he fears God. He's a perfect man and walks upright before me. God told the devil. Now, Job didn't even have the Holy Ghost. All right. God spoke to Abraham and said, walk before me and be thou perfect. Now, does God ask us to do things that's unfair? I don't think he's unfair to us. So I think his definition of perfection is different than ours. But I think it's about our striving to live for him. Again, we all make mistakes. We all fall and fail and sometimes sin. But with all of that... We've got to get up and we've got to brush ourselves off. But you know, Brother Crooker, if people don't know how to live for God, you know, what is, what is, you know, I, I quote the verse even in the book. Uh, the Apostle Paul said, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. The weights and the sins, two different things. Weights and sins are not the same thing. <clears throat> we know what sin is. It's missing the mark. It's 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 doing wrong before the eyes of God. But a weight is something that slows you down, that it's not necessarily wrong, but it's maybe what somewhat, some might call a personal conviction. It's some things maybe you shouldn't do that's going to slow down your race, but maybe it won't keep you out of heaven. Okay, what, you know, being in this since 1980, and having listened to hundreds, maybe thousands of sermons in my life, and I'm, I'm, I'm a big advocate of listening to what we used to call cassette tapes, all right? <clears throat> the newer generation, of course, CDs and MP3s, I guess, whatever. But having listened to a lot of preaching back from the 60s and the 70s and even the 80s, Men in those days preached about separation and separate living and holy living. Now, let me go back to that verse. Paul said, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. Sins beset us. 
weights beset us. This is 2022. Today, what many call a weight, go back 30 years ago, it was preached about as sin. Okay? Um, I, I, I learned when I was young that I shouldn't go to the movie house. Um, but today, this is just an example. Today, it's open season. Not only do they go to the movie house, but all types of entertainment come through their televisions. And they have a carnal mind. And, you know, the Bible says in Romans 8, 7, the carnal mind is enmity against God. Enmity means the enemy of. Your carnal mind, my carnal mind is the enemy of God. How can I be saved if I have, if my mind is the enemy of God? I can't be saved. So I've got to lay aside. I've got to put away the things that are going to get me off this race, get me off the track. Am I sitting up here preaching against TV and movies? Kind of. <laughs> kind of. <clears throat> because it was preached, preached about when I was young. Um, and I know a lot of churches still do. My point is not to say, hey, you shouldn't have or do. My point is we've got to fear God, keep, a, keep his commandments. And, you know, holiness is not something God initially endows you with holiness when, you're, when you receive the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a Holy Spirit. But, you know, the Bible says work out your own salvation with fear in trembling <laughs> well, okay work out your own salvation with fear how you've got to work out your own salvation someone said well we shouldn't fear god oh we should fear god you know ask ananias and sapphires if we should fear god to new testament book of acts believers that died under the judgment of god and i'm not here to preach a negative message or fear no, I, that's not my motive, that's not my purpose, my, that's not my goal of the book, but it's to try to draw God's people back to a closer relationship, to see that it is my responsibility to lay aside these things that are besetting me. You know, uh, if, if I'm listening to entertainment and, you know, people are given over to violent movies, they're given over to fearful movies that create a spirit of fear... They're given over to all kinds of entertainment, and all they're doing is entertaining their fleshly, carnal mind. They go here, they go there, and they do, but they're not separating themselves. Uh, he said, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Okay, so in the book, I'm not preaching about a bunch of do's and don'ts. That's not what it's about, but it's about the argument. It's about making an argument that holiness is still right. I read a post, it might have been on Facebook or Twitter some time ago, maybe a year or two ago, but I, I guess I'll never forget it. It was a young lady, I don't know who she was. And she was answering to someone else about their statement about holiness they were questioning. And she answered it something like this. She says, well, it's not something you know that we have to do. It's just something that, you know, these things that, the way we dress, the things we give up, they're just things that we should do, but they're not really in the Bible. Uh, boy, oh boy. You know, I, I read where the Bible says that if a man lays with a beast, it's an abomination. 
uh, I read that if a man lays with a man, it's an abomination. If a woman lays with a woman, it's an abomination. In the same book, Deuteronomy, it says if a woman puts on a man's garment, if a man puts on a woman's garment, it's an abomination. And so today's church world, and we hold dear to these things, we hold dear to truth and apostolic beliefs, but many are laying aside truths. They're laying aside holiness because they want to grow. We can grow with holiness. Hey, I mean, if I could make a, you know, make this point here, probably the largest church in the United States is in North Little Rock. The largest apostolic church in the United States is in North Little Rock, Arkansas. And they run several, three, 4,000 people. It's always packed when you see their videos. And they have strong holiness standards. So holiness does not stop growth. But maybe it's the approach. I know that there's been times, Brother Crooker, that I've approached it in the wrong way. And I've preached to people in my church. And I was not as wise as I could be. I was not as wise as I should be in my approach, in my presentation in holy living and i think it's a, a lot of it yeah right and you know i find that people that are walking away um what you find is and i mean this is this is just the reality is that we're i set my standard for instance my children will have high standards, but they'll set them a little lower than I do. Oh, no. So that's, it's critical. It's critical because, the, I believe you mentioned it, the Bible says, save yourself from an untoward generation. So if we're supposed to save ourselves from an untoward generation, that means we have to not, not obviously take the, uh, you know, we're the Savior and we don't need Jesus, but we have to do something to access, right? And some part of that is going to be our sacrifice in our lives, the commitments, the consecrations, and the sacrifices that we make. I've had so many conversations, even with those in the Pentecostal apostolic movement, that they're just, it's almost like it's just not important to them anymore. It breaks my heart. Because I know that I, oof, I hope my I hope they don't hear this, but they'll have to forgive me. I have a, I have a family member who had you know for most of my life very strict standards in their home. Right? They had they didn't have television. They didn't have the cable TV. They didn't have cable internet. Uh, they brought in VHS movies. So they only watched specific VHS movies and they had to be, you know, four children. And, and so that was that. Then they brought in cable television. It was only, it was, it was strictly for learning. That's, it was just to learn. But that developed into, now they're watching sitcoms. Now they're watching horror films. Now they're playing these certain games that just... Just, just, just makes me uncomfortable in my own spirit. Right. And you know what you find is, 
I feel like the closer you get to God, the less appeal the things in the world have. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So, so whether it's dress, attire, whether it's the clothes that we wear, the places that we go, and certain spirits that get attached to us, right? You know, these 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 the high minded, the 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 better than you, and and those kinds of things just are not of God, right? And so we have to be careful. And I, I had a friend, uh, a friend preacher who was talking to a group of, of us men. And he said, you got to be careful because you can go and experience a Holy Ghost move of God and you can leave and there's just so much spiritual things happening that something changed in your spirit and you didn't catch it. And so you leave from this incredible service and, and God is moving and miracles are unfolding and people's right. lives are changing and they're committing their lives to Jesus Christ and getting baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost and we leave and all of a sudden we have this really bad attitude. Something shifted and we just weren't right. sensitive enough sensitive enough to be aware of it. And that's right. why holiness is important because that guardrails, protections, fences... Right. That it boundaries, right? Right, right. Yeah, that fence. I'm telling you what, a fence keeps things in, and a fence keeps things out, and that's what holiness is. Holiness is a fence in our lives to keep our modesty, to keep a right spirit. Because, like you said, you walk out of a church, great church service, and the power of God's moving. There's not too much demon activity usually in a church service. Maybe a demon getting stirred up and what need to be cast out. Other than that, there's not a whole lot you see going on in a powerful church service. <clears throat> when you walk out that door, you're with your family, whatever, you're driving down the road, you get home, guess what? You're wide open again. And that's why you've got to have this fence in your mind and in your spirit. It, it, the Bible calls it a spirit of holiness. Matter of fact, that's chapter three of my book, The Spirit of of holiness. Okay, we've got the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of holiness. But just because I have the Holy Spirit does not mean I'm living holy. I have to listen to the Holy Spirit. Wow. Well, everybody in the church is doing it. Well, I heard when I was young, if everybody's running off the cliff, does that mean you're <laughs> going to go run and jump off the cliff with them? No. Mm. No. We're good. No, we've got to separate ourselves. What is the scripture, Ecclesiastes or somewhere, that says that uh, he that intermingleth with all wisdom separates himself? <clears throat> and like you said, the closer we get to God, we're going to separate ourselves. Why? Because there is a maintenance to what we have. If you can operate in the gifts of the Spirit and live carnal life seven days a week, let me tell you, some do it. But they are on a road. They really don't even know what road they're on. They're on a road to complete deception. And that's why people leave this, and they've got their gifts, and they've got their talents, and they sing, and they've got this great music ability and great singing ability, but they don't have a prayer life. Your prayer life is the greatest thing you can have. It is the most important thing you'll ever own in your life. When you lose your prayer life, you'll lose your holiness. 
you lose you'll lose your reason why you can lose your family you lose your walk with god you've already lost it. you just don't know it because a spirit of deception well i pray on the way to work let's not use those crazy excuses that's good but you've got to have claws at time because when you have claws at time with God every day, what that's going to do, you're going to be able to pour out of this world, pour that junk out of your spirit. We, you know, <clears throat> my wife and I were talking today, and, and we were talking. We had listened to a, another podcast by another brother. I can't remember his name. He was a guest on another podcast, but amazing stuff he was talking about, in which we totally agree about. You know, people watch so much of this, like I said, crime and and. and they, they listen to worldly music. Listen, there's apostolic people listening to worldly music. Okay, and there's people getting into all this stuff, and they go to church, and they can't even weep in God's presence. Wow. They can't even weep in God's presence. Why? Because they have so filled their spirit with the world. So filled their spirit. Just because you can cry on that thing doesn't mean you're right. But... It's an indicator. If you can't and you don't ever weep in God's presence, you got to find out why. Because it is a broken and a contrite heart that God receives. It doesn't mean you're a crybaby or you're weak. But we need that brokenness in the sight of the Lord. And when you are living holy and you're walking right, listen, again, we make mistakes. But you got to get back on that road real quick. There is a highway of holiness. And we got to stay on that highway. Amen. That's the only way we're going to make it. Amen. I like how you mentioned Job at the beginning um, of this, of our conversation. The Bible says that God put a hedge of protection. He put a boundary in place in Job's life. And that boundary protected him. It protected him from the adversary. Because he's having a conversation with God and he says, well... Yeah, you're you're telling me to consider Job, but I can't do anything to the guy because you've got a hedge of protection around him. You've got I and I just I can't bypass that. And he goes, Okay. Well, all right. You consider Job, you do what you want, don't do this. This is as far as you can go. And you know, and that changes if you this is as far as you can go. Right. And so yeah, obviously the adversary goes as far as he can go. To try and right. prove God wrong and prove that you don't really have what it takes to serve the Lord with all of your heart, regardless of your situation. And so he 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 puts the guard down, puts the protection down, puts the guardrails down, and Job still served the Lord. Right. And what kind of man was Job? A perfect man that feared God and eschewed evil. It's not what I think about evil. It's not what you think about evil. It's what God thinks. And we've got to find out what he thinks. We need to sit down and watch some shoot em up movie. Oh, I like the explosions. They didn't really die. There was not, that wasn't real blood. But look what you're feeling. You're filling your spirit with. You're filling your spirit. What happened to the word of God? What happened to good old preaching? What happened to putting on a, a, a preaching tape or a preaching video? But people are filling themselves with carnal thoughts and the world. And guess what? They reap that. They, they, they become that. They are fantasizing about all of that. Hey, listen, when we don't preach about it, how do the people know? And like you said a little while ago, 
many of our children are going to live a little bit less than what we do. I like what Brother Verbal Bean said about holiness many years ago, Brother Crooker. He said, and I think I used the analogy in the book. He said, if you take two lines, uh, parallel lines, just this close together, but they are just slightly not parallel, just slightly, very slightly separated. And he said, you, you can take those lines out a long distance. He said, down the road, it's going to be further and further and further apart. And so we want to make sure that we are as close to Jesus as possible. Listen, it's not a drudgery to live holy. It's not a drudgery to say, no, I, I, I'm not going to go to those places. I'm not going to do those things. And if you've, if you've fallen and you've been doing those things, we're not condemning you at all. We're saying, listen, get up. You can live more by the help of the Holy Ghost, by this word, and you can separate yourself. And the more you separate yourself, God will use you in greater measures. Oh, yes, he will. Uh, what uh, A verse came to mind, Proverbs 4.21. Uh, or sorry, Proverbs 4.20, it says, My son, attend to my words and incline thine ear unto my saying. So the things that God says in his word, right? We need to turn our ear. We need to listen. We need to hear what God is saying to us, through us, and through his word. And then it says, let them not depart from thine eyes, which means our eyes should be focused on the word of God. Focus on the things of God. When we when we look at the things in the world, and we we, for la- I mean to be frank, it's what we're doing is we're lusting after the things of the world, whether it's, uh, whether it's you know sexually or or whether it's just desiring what other people have. It's a lust. It's it's a it's a, a desire to have something that does not belong to you, or that you should not touch. Right. That's why. You know, when we read about um, Delilah and Samson, he should have never been messing around with Delilah or the world. And he, he kept allowing her to come in. The dangerous part about allowing yourself to lay in Delilah's lap is that eventually, eventually it's going to catch up to you. Exactly. It, I mean, good. It was like three, four, three or four times that she gets. Well, where's your strength come from? And Samson, he goes, "Oh, well, this." And every single time, she tried it to take away his power. Yes. Yes. The devil wants nothing more than to take away your power. Right. And that power comes from obedience to the word of God. Entirely, he said, "Be ye holy, for I am holy." That's holiness, and that's and that's not a suggestion. That's not a suggestion. <laughs> that's right. It, it, it's a commandment, <clears throat> and we can't we can't ignore the commandments of God. You know, the, the church world today, Brother Crooker, is is bent on you know the love of God. And it's vast and it's amazing. I've experienced so much of the love of God, and I, 
you know, I cannot never repay them. But you know, even the scripture says too much honey is not good. You know, if, if all is being preached is financial blessings, the love of God, you can have more. You can you can have your houses, and cars, and your wealth if you live for God and just come and pay your tithes. If that's what mostly people are hearing, that's too much honey. That's too much honey. How, if holiness is still of God and holiness is required, then why don't we preach it? Mm. We preach Acts 2.38. We preach the new birth. We don't go years without preaching the new birth. Um, am I saying that we should preach the clothesline message all the time? No. There's a time and place. You know, it, it, it's got to be done in the, with the fear of the Lord, and every pastor's got to work that out. And I'm not here to tell a pastor how to do that. But at some, at some point, these new believers have got to learn. Why have I seen time after time in my 40-plus years of living for God, good, strong churches, and I'm not going to name names, but good, strong churches, and then he would, the pastor would give his church to his son. And like you said, they start living a little bit less. And the father, the original pastor, the founder of this large church, he dies, or he begins to travel and preach. And next thing you know, you've got a church that he founded it with holy living. And now this son of his is going charismatic. All right? He, he's taken upon themselves a Jezebel spirit. Now, this is my belief about that, is because it was never put in the heart of the people. I've got to put X, you know, my wife, we, we, we babysit our former foster kids a lot. Sometimes they're with us a week, you know, or days at a time. They're five and three, and now they got a little brother, one-year-old. But you know what? Constantly talking to them about Jesus' name, you know, one God, putting that in them, putting that in them, you know. But there's got to come a point if they're going to live for God, they've got to learn about separation as well. You know, I'm not going to preach that to them. You know, can't clean a fish before you catch it. You know, they're children. But if they were mine, of course, then I could do a little more about that. I could begin to teach them and show them righteous living and holy living, separation. He said, come out from among them and be you separate. That, that's a decision that I've got to do. I've got to make that decision to obey God. <clears throat> I can't go. When, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt... You know what? No doubt, they lusted after a lot of things, you know, and what they do? They, they took upon themselves all this. God told them to. God told them, take from the Egyptians, and they started taking all this jewelry, all this jewelry. <clears throat> you know what? God, God uh, got mad at them about that, though. You know what? Not because they took it, because he said, he said to but they turned around and took that and they made a golden calf out of it. And from that point on, God forbade them to ever have it. You'll never read in the Bible where a righteous or a holy person wore jewelry. You can't find it. You can't find it. At that point, God forbade it. Why? Because it became a snare unto them. The apostle Paul to the to the was it to the Jews or the Gentiles when he wrote? He said, not to wear gold 
or costly rate. Then was it Peter turned around and preached the same thing in one of his epistles. So, you know, I'm just saying there's a separation that God is calling his people out to. And when we separate, that's going to take us deep. I'm not interested in having the gifts and so I can do my own thing. Because if I keep my prayer life, I'm going to keep holy. I'm going to live holiness. Not saying I'm never going to make a mistake. Sure, we're all going to make mistakes. That's why we have the blood of the Lamb. We have, we have the Savior. He's a good God. He's a forgiving God. But you know what? The closer you get to God and the longer you live for God, the less mistakes you're going to make. The less willful sin you're going to do. You first person first gets saved, listen, they might go out tomorrow and smoke that cigarette again. They might go out and commit adultery again. You why? They hadn't even heard about it. They hadn't even heard it was wrong. But they got the Holy Ghost the day before. They got baptized. Well, they hear about it in church service in a few weeks or a couple months. Next thing you're, boy, I need to give that up. I need to stop living that way. And what are they doing? They're laying aside weights and sins that beset them. And so God's taking that baby and he's teaching that baby how to walk, and how to talk and live for himself. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing about holiness is some people will, I personally think it's a bit of a cop-out because that's, that's just what I think. I could be wrong, and you could correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think I am. But holiness, while it is an attitude, an inward attitude, an inward spirit, as in, yes, because, you know, the Bible says that men are to lift up holy hands without wrath and without doubting, and, and women are, and, and there's, in the, biblically, there's more um, clothing uh, specifications, if you will, for women than men. However, there's a lot of biblical principles that connect our holiness and the way we live our lives and in, in using that holiness being accountable to our brothers and sisters. For instance, and, and you know, you look at uh, when it says you need to Take care of your brothers, and you need to make sure that what you do doesn't become a stumbling block to your brethren. And so, and my biggest thing and is women, and they may not be Pentecostal, but there's women, Christian women, and they'll come right out and they'll say, well, you're just a man, and you're just lusting after me, and you shouldn't even be looking at me. And I'm thinking... First of all, God made men and women differently. I realize that you don't recognize the power that you have with your, the way that you wear your clothes, the way that you wear your hair, the way that you dress. Men are driven and stimulated by sight. That's just, that's, that's science. It is. We can't get away from that. Right. We can do our best to keep ourselves in check, if you will. But not every single man is going to be strong enough spiritually to be able to keep that natural desire at bay. It's imp- almost impossible. And so they'll wear, and, and I recently was posting on Twitter um, that I just said, I just wish Christians would stop wearing clothes that are so tight. 
that they leave nothing to the imagination. And the reason I posted that was because I saw a video of a pastor who was wearing jogger pants, which are very tight pants and uh, in themselves. So you buy a pair of joggers, they're just very tight. That's just the way they're designed. But he was literally, he was holding the book and talking about how it was such, it was a good book, you should buy the book. And they had the full full view here and he was walking towards the camera the camera was moving with him and you could just you could just see it was just incredibly inappropriate you could there was nothing of those pants that were left to the imagination and and he's a pastor and while i realize women are less inclined to be visually stimulated there still are women who are visually stimulated yes you know and so we have to be accountable. Holiness is just as much of being accountable for the salvation of our brethren as it is us being right with God. Because if we're right with God, truly, we'll love our brother enough, we'll love our sister enough that that really should matter to us. Right, right. Whether we're being a stumbling block. Right. I don't want to be a stumbling block. Yeah. And... and you know, we can't help that um, how, how how God made the commandments. I mean, it was you go back. When did women start wearing men's attire? Back right before or during World War II, it became very popular when they began to go and work in the steel plants when the men had to go to war. Now, listen, we're on social media and we see a lot of this insanity about men wearing dresses. And it's so vile. It is so sick. And talking about this from the pulpit, I have said this. I said, you know, and, and to be very careful, and, and not here to hurt our sisters, our unlearned sisters. But at the same time, if I walked in your pulpit to preach for you as a guest, and I had a skirt and high heels on, and uh, uh, how would it take for your 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 men to, to be down on the altar? I, I wouldn't be preaching that night. I'd be thrown out. I, I would be the laughing stock. I would be the talk all over social media that I was going to get up in the pulpit and wear and wear it. But see, it's acceptable for the women to do that, quote unquote. It's it, quote unquote it's acceptable it's not acceptable to God but we've been conditioned this is what the devil's doing right now about men wearing women's attire he's conditioning he's not going to condition me he's not going to condition you but he's going to condition these young people you know 20s these kids he's going to condition their minds just like the homosexuality and all this stuff they've got to see and deal with in the schools and then it's all over social media. It's, it's you know, and, and you've got all these apps. You've got TikTok and all this. I'm not preaching against. But my point is, we can we can give ourselves. This is, I think I mentioned Lot in, in, in the book. Yeah. And, and this is so powerful. And I'm going to write another book soon, Lord willing. I feel to, 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 to write on the subject of the carnal mind. But the Bible says, that righteous Lot, not just Lot, but righteous Lot, was vexed day wow. by day 
as Peter says this in the New Testament, he was vexed with day by day by seeing and hearing, seeing, hearing their unlawful deeds. He first pitched his tent toward Sodom. Should have never been looking at Sodom. It probably was too far away to see what was going on, but he knew they were party animals. He knew that it wasn't a church service. And his wife and his girls got to looking at that. He got looking at it long enough, and he wound up living in Sodom. God hadn't given up on him. But those angels came knocking on his door to pull him out. And he said, listen, are not the angels. Yeah, the angels. And the, the, the angels came in his house. Come on in. And those homosexuals came and said, give us those men that we may know them. They're beautiful. They wanted those angels to lay with. And Lot became so perverted already in the short time that he was in Sodom. He became so perverted that he said, listen, I've got two virgin daughters. Take them. Who in their right mind would give their girls to some weirdos? Who? But he was vexed by what he saw by what he heard, this is where we're living today. And this is why we've got to have a strong fence. We've got to build that wall. We've got to have gates. Only certain things we let in. We've got these eyes Jesus talked about as gates. Wow. His holiness is so important. It's just, it's so important that the next generation will either still be serving God based on the principles and the ways that we have lived our life through holiness, or they're not going to be serving God at all. And you can only let down that standard so many times until there's just no standard left. Like Lot being so vexed that he just he was going to just offer offer his children to the sinful world to protect it protect an angel to protect the church to protect your standing with God if you will perceived standing and they're offering that he offered his children and that's what we're seeing we're seeing we're seeing it today bro we're seeing brother parents are doing this today they're they're so busy. We're busy. You're busy. I understand. I, I, I'm busy too. You, know, you work, you get home five thirty, six o'clock in the evening, and, and you're tired. You're going to eat dinner, and you know, just a couple hours, you're going to bed to start all over again. But there are parents and there are moms during the day that don't work, and they've got their kids, and they don't even pay attention to what their kids are looking at on social media, on YouTube, on the television. They are offering their children to Molech. They're offering their kids to Sodom and Gomorrah. But listen, we, we've got to fear God. Listen, what's more important than your kids? I don't care about your house. I don't care about your job. I don't care about your wealth. You've got those babies. We've got to protect you, but they're going to get mad. I know they're going to give you fits. I know they will. We, we babysit these kids, and there's only a certain amount that we allow them to do. My wife, is they want to watch YouTube. We we let them look at the kids YouTube, regular YouTube. They're not allowed to look at, etc. etc. Why? Because we've got to draw the line. 
because you can't stand over them all the time. You give them 15 minutes, 30 minutes, viewing and hearing things on this media today. And I'll tell you what, some of that stuff will stick with them for their life. I know, I can tell you when I was a kid, I saw and heard things when I was a child that is still with me mm. today. And if my parents, who were not serving God until, you know, I got a little older, but if my parents had known what they, you know, knew later, protected me as a child better but see this stuff that we see and hear it will haunt your children and that's why they go into homosexuality that's why they go into drugs and alcohol well my kids are in the church they're going to make their own decision one day you don't know what they're thinking but i get 18 i'm done there's a lot of kids that walk away from it because they're being fed with all this filth. I, I, listen we got to draw the line for our kids I'm not going to offer my kids to Moloch. I'm not going to offer my kids no, sir. To, to, the, to the wickedness of Sodom. No, sir. I'm not going to make any friends with what I'm about to say. I'm, And you know what? That's okay. Because I know it's right. And, you know, I, might, I'm, I probably will lose subscribers. And, well, you know, it's not all about the subscriptions. Uh, first, Disney. Get it out of your house. And you can say, well, it's just, it's honest, it's, it's great. But it's really not. You look into Walt Disney's original pictures, and he had all kinds of hidden, perverse, different things in there. Written in there. that You, you just didn't even see it. But it's there. Okay? It's, not, it's nothing new that we have these different agendas in Walt Disney's pictures, okay? That's nothing new. Nothing new at all. At the same time, you just really, you shouldn't have it in your home. You shouldn't be showing it to your kids. You really shouldn't be going to Disneyland. Why? Because there's an agenda. There is a spirit of the Antichrist at work through those pictures that they want to get a hold of your kids. They're out there, they're, they're out there posting all over their social media and all over the news that they're going to, every single one of their films is going to have LGBTQ+. What's the plus? The plus right. is pedophiles and 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 uh, whatever else going on there. A hundred different genders, which is just not not scientific. It's not. It's, it's, it's crazy. Another thing you ought to not have in your home: Netflix. You ought to not have any Netflix in your home. It is not going to take you to heaven. It's going to take you to hell. Why? Because the CEOs and the producers of Netflix. They don't care about your kids. They don't right. they don't care about your spiritual well-being. All they care about is money. And you know what when they put out these things that create controversy it doesn't stop people from watching Netflix. In fact, when there's controversy, people are more likely to tune in and reach out and want to see what's going on and understand, well, what's all this commotion really about? Let me just let me just let me just let me just do some research and find out what this is all about. It doesn't matter. Hollywood is Hollywood. They're right. soulless. They don't, it's antichrist. They don't care about your kids. They don't care about you. And you need, to make a, you need to take a stand. You need to take a stand against the wiles of the devil. Right. We are not ignorant of his devices. Don't be right. ignorant of his devices. Don't be willingly... 
ignorant of his devices. You want a culture of holiness? You want a culture in your home where your, your kids are going to love God for the rest of their life and they're going to say, hey, you know what? Yeah, I realize everybody might be doing this, but you know what? I just, ah, I just, I just feel something. I just, my dad just never went to those places. And, and I, you know, I never really asked him why, but I can just feel there's just something, something different. There's something that's keeping him away. And maybe I, I'm just not comfortable with, you know, and, and so your life, your example is going to create not only for those in your church that look up to you, not only for your children that look up to you, and they're going to live, they're going to live by the example that you set. Right. Don't let down on the standards. Don't let down. Don't let down because, and you know, I probably just lost all of my subscribers, but you know, it's still right. It's still right, Brother Rodas. It's still right. And uh, the world is appealing to the flesh. And movies, they appeal to the flesh. <laughs> That's what it's about. Yeah. And the nature of the flesh, if we follow it, we can't be saved. We cannot be saved. We have to first separate ourselves mentally from the world. Our spirit has got to be separated. And if I'm willfully feeding on this. Now, the people that would get upset at this type of conversation, of course, you know, they have a strong will for carnality. I'm criticizing, but not at all. I don't mean that. But there has got to be such a desire for the things of God that I don't care what he wants from me. It's not about do's and don'ts. It's about separating ourselves because he said to separate ourselves. Come out from among them. Well, I, want to, I don't go to the bars anymore. I don't, I, I don't go to the clubs anymore. Is, is that all he was talking about? Listen, there are, there are people that, Brother Crooker, they, they won't go to the bars and they won't cuss, but they'll watch movies with bar scenes and they'll have cussing coming through their television. You won't cuss, but you you're willing to listen to it. There there is there's a separation that we've got to have that should grieve the Holy Spirit within you, and it does. But if you're not feeling it, that's my that's my point. That's my point, and I I speak this with passion and compassion for the unlearned, because if we're not perfecting holiness, he said to us in the New Testament, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. He didn't say he would perfect holiness in the fear of God. God didn't say he would do it. He said to for us to do it. How am I to do that in the fear of God? Now, this is what what's happening. I've, I've heard too many preachers dumb down. They dumb down the fear of God. They dumb it down. Oh, oh that's just respect. That's, that's respecting God. It's respecting God. Please work out your own salvation of fear and trembling. There is an eternity in front of us. This is not once saved, always saved. There is no eternal security here. I've been serving, I've had the Holy Ghost since 1980. Did you know I can walk out of here tonight? 
I'm sitting here in my office in my home. I could say, hey, honey, I'm going to go out for a while. And I could do things that I've never done before and lose out with God. Hmm. But I have a choice. I'm not doing that. It's my decision. You know, it was Eve's decision. It was Adam's decision. It's your decision. And when we don't protect our children, they're just kids. They're going to get involved in stuff that they shouldn't get involved in. We've got to protect our families. We've got to love the truth. We've got to love... I, I love the message of separation. You're not going to upset me. You're not going to make me mad. I love it. I, I've loved it all my life. I, I Listen, I when, when my pastors have stood and preached holiness, I'm telling you, I stand and weep. During the preaching, I stand and weep. I love it. I want to live it. I want to be right. That's what the spirit of holiness is. The spirit of holiness is that desire. Now, you mentioned a little while ago, you tied into it without actually tying into scripture, but you said it. It's a mindset, and I describe it in the book. It's a mindset. When you talk about the term, the spirit of, that term, the spirit of, it's a mindset. It's a desire. It's a thought process. It's, and that comes from God, and we get that because we spend time with God, and we become more like him. And if we're not becoming more like him, then we're not holy. Okay, it's not just like, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. Somebody's going to say, well, holiness is a condition of the heart. You're exactly right. 100% it's a condition of the heart. And you can do all of these things that we're talking about and laying aside sins and giving up alcohol and giving up crazy movies and all these things. But if holiness is not on the inside, all you did, you became religious. You know, a monk. You became a monk. Or a nun. I don't know. They may do those things. I don't know. But you've got to have it in the heart first. Yeah. You know? Yes, and sir. I've got to search my heart every day and pour out my soul before God every day. God, I want to be clean in your sight. I want to be right in your sight. If I've done wrong, and if I feel like I have already, I name that before God. I name it to Him and I call it out. I'm not going to just let that go and walk on under the bridge and say, well, He forgave me. No, i got to talk to God about it. I gotta talk to God about my mistakes. You gotta talk to God about your mistakes. You can confess your sins. If Amen. we confess, He's faithful and just to forgive. He didn't just say He's gonna forgive. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive. Amen. And 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 repentance, brother Crook, you know this. Repentance is not just about saying I'm sorry, but it's a turnaround. It's about faith. It's going a different direction, and it's no longer doing the thing that you were doing. Yeah, and sometimes we fall back at that. But you got to get up again, because you can make it in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Rodas, this has been an absolute honor. This has been a blessing to me and my spirit. Um, while some people may not like the content, it's still right. And so thank you for sharing your heart with us. If you yes, want to get a copy of this book, you can go to, is it charlesarodas.com? Yes, sir, or Amazon. It's a little bit cheaper on my website right now. Uh, and his podcast, your podcast is? Everything Apostolic. And you can find that on? Uh, you can find it on uh, whatever. I don't know what's new. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere so, that Anchor distributes it. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> yep. You've got... If you have not read this book, you've absolutely got to get yourself a copy, The Argument of Holiness. This will be a blessing to you. It'll help you understand scripturally. 
different stances. It'll it'll just give you a, an overall better understanding uh, of why why it's an argument and why sometimes it's a fight. But holiness is still right. It's always going to be right, and it's going to be right until Jesus comes back for the church. Say this one thing to you listeners. Brother Crooker and I talked more about specific standards than I mentioned in the book. I, I mentioned a couple things. That's not the purpose of the book, but I did only a couple things to make some points and specific arguments on how scriptures twisted the wrong way, and then sometimes we're not balanced. We've got to be balanced. Amen. This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you who are willing to bridge the gap. We now have a sponsorship program on our Anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.